Hello, my modern women. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni, the single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. Hello, my modern women. I am back this week of Sunday Dating Scaries with a solo app. Before I jump into this week's questions, I just wanted to say a big thank you to anyone who has ever written a review for the podcast before or shared this podcast with their friends. Guys, I've talked a lot about how it can sometimes feel like I just release an episode into the ether and never know if or how it's received. So I appreciate all of your support. And to show my appreciation, moving forward, I will be anonymously reading out any reviews you write on the podcast. And in return, I will be sending you a gift. So if you leave a review, please let me know so that I know who you are and where to send the gift. I love you all and I want to continue growing this podcast and attracting the best guest speakers for you. So please know that your support means the absolute world to me. Okay, let's jump right in to question number one. A listener wrote in wanting to know how to trust men. This is a very layered question, and in order to answer it properly, I would have to know where the distrust is currently coming from. That being said, a couple of things do come to mind. Number one, the better you get at picking the right people, the more you will trust yourself and the less you will rely on needing them to prove to you that you can trust them. I would actually suggest signing up to the Single at 30 online event coming up in October because we will actually be covering this in greater detail. But for now, I want to stress that this is not an overnight job. It is a process that can take some time. But if you're repeatedly attracting the type of people who aren't looking for anything serious or mistreat you or get over you quickly, then I would suggest taking a look at what each of those people have in common so that you don't walk towards the same red flags in the future. I would also get really clear on exactly what you're looking for. Write it down. Make a mental note. Tell the people closest to you. But get clear on who they are. I'm not talking about tall, dark, and handsome with a full head of hair and a great job. I mean, what sort of values you want them to have, what type of future you want to have with them, how you expect to raise your children together, that sort of thing. So that when you do come across someone that isn't aligned with those things, you know not to engage or at least not invest much time or energy into them. And lastly, I would suggest listening to your own internal red flags or alarm bells if you prefer. People can definitely mislead us. They can even manipulate us into believing they want something more or there's someone they're not. But often there are very clear signs from the outset that we either unconsciously or sometimes even consciously choose to ignore. And even though we ignore them, sometimes we get a feeling in our gut that what they're saying isn't sincere or that their intentions aren't exactly pure or that their words aren't aligned with their actions. We might feel anxious or stressed around them or even doubtful. So I would take note of those moments and really analyze where they're coming from. Everyone has insecurities, right? So it's important to try identify if it's just our insecurities coming up or whether it's our intuition or even our minds picking up on old patterns of behavior that didn't serve you in the past. And if it's the latter, then pivot. Do not abandon who you are or what your needs are by spending time with someone that is not on the same page as you. 
You wouldn't take a job that is offering a 40K annual salary when really what you're looking for is an 80K salary. So don't pursue someone who is saying they don't want marriage or kids if that's ultimately what you want. And to continue with the work analogy, you wouldn't work for someone with a terrible reputation. So don't date someone with a terrible reputation. And just like when you start a new nine to five, often there is a probation period where both you and your employer can decide if the arrangement is working. If it is, you both choose to commit to the role. And if it isn't, you can choose to go your own separate ways. Dating is actually no different. After the first few dates, which is not dissimilar to the interview process, you begin dating someone, which is not dissimilar to the probation period. But be mindful that before you commit to them and make them your partner, you can decide at any given moment that the situation is not right for you. And like I said at the beginning of this, once you get good at identifying who is or isn't appropriate for you, you will start to trust the process and potential partners more too. Okay, question number two. A listener wrote in wanting to know why she always falls for her housemate. This one I'm sure is relatable to a lot of people. I mean, it's not uncommon, right? Proximity plays a huge role in relationships and we see it all the time. People date people from work or university or from the same friendship group. So if you live with someone you're attracted to, you end up seeing that person every day and naturally the attraction builds more and more. But if this is a repeated pattern in your life, I'd suggest trying to figure out why. Maybe you have an elite screening process where you only let people you're attracted to move in with you or vice versa, or maybe you fall easily for people. I would be mindful of falling for the wrong types of people just because they're around you 24-7 and also of eating where you shit, for lack of a better term. You want to make sure that if you are going to pursue a relationship with a flatmate, or a coworker, or someone from the same friendship group, that the relationship has legs or at least potential. And if you're just falling for them, but it's not reciprocated in any way, then maybe you're just falling for the convenience of it all. I actually don't believe in unrequited love, and maybe I should answer why in another episode. But if the dynamic is in any way one-sided, I would ask yourself why and what about the dynamic is appealing to you and then try to emulate what you like about it outside of your home environment or alter what you're looking for so that it serves you better in the long run. Although close proximity can be a great thing, it can also backfire if the relationship doesn't work out, which obviously is a major possibility in the early stages. Okay, question number three. A listener asked if I had any tips on how to get over a breakup. And before I answer this, I just want to preface with the fact that obviously every breakup is completely different. So I will be answering this question in very broad terms. Number one, try not to see the breakup as a failure, but rather as a learning experience and a chance to make better decisions about how you want to behave in your next relationship and what you're looking for out of a partner, and what sort of future you want with them moving forward. Number two, try to identify what you learn from the relationship about yourself, and what you're looking for in a relationship. Our relationships are often our biggest teachers, so don't miss out on the learning opportunity here. Write a list of what you learned, and then write another list of areas that you can improve upon, so you don't repeat any dynamics that did not serve you in this relationship, in your future relationships too. 
Number three, I would also try identify what the breakup has taught you about you and your self-worth. Maybe you didn't end the relationship soon enough. Maybe you stood your ground and stood up for what you're worth and now you realize you're not willing to settle. Again, make a list of what it taught you about who you are and what you're willing to put up with moving forward. Number four, ask yourself how the relationship has changed you. It can be for the better or for the worse. How have you changed because of the relationship? Maybe you're more clear about what your triggers are or what your unmet needs are or what your emotional style is or love languages or attachment style. Maybe you know what you're worth or what type of person you want to be with or what areas you need to work on yourself in, e.g. learning how to communicate properly or open up more. Make a list to see how far you've come and how much further you still have to go. And number five, Get really clear on all the changes you're going to make after this relationship. The point is to make sure you don't carry any baggage from your last relationship into your next relationship. You also don't want to repeat any of the same behaviors that weren't serving you or attract the same red flags. Your next relationship should always be better than your previous relationship. Otherwise, you are moving backwards, not forwards. And you should always aim to be a better partner in your next relationship than you were in your previous relationship. Okay, guys, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening to this Sunday Dating Scaries episode. Don't forget to sign up to the first ever Single at 30 online event being held by psychologist Rachel Tacasio and I this October via the Single at 30 Facebook group. The workshop is all about how to attract healthy love and why healthy love starts with you. So please sign up and share the link with the other modern women in your life. My modern women, I love you all and we'll see you this Wednesday at midnight for another guest episode.